Welcome to Elevate, the podcast where we dissect exceptional achievers who are consistently raising the bar personally and professionally to produce extraordinary results in investment real estate and ultimately in their lives. Now here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Welcome back to Elevate. I'm excited to be with you today. This is Tyler Chester. I'm here with a great friend of mine, John Hoagland. And I want to remind Elevate Nation that we're here to take it to another level. We're back and our mission is really to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar professionally and personally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And because real estate is a vehicle, you know, and this is a masterclass. This is for leaders who are looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes in achieving through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. So I want to welcome John Hoagland, who's our guest today. And John, thank you so much for being here with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So John and I have been friends for a few years. Uh, We're both in the brokerage community in Louisville, Kentucky, and we also are very passionate about real estate investment. And I want to share with you just uh, briefly about John. And John was born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky, and and he lives and breathes all things real estate. And I can tell you that is 1000% true. He's been licensed for over 14 years and completed the CCIM designation in 2012, Certified Commercial Investment Member, which is really the PhD of commercial real estate. And John is is a wealth of knowledge in the business, and he specializes in leasing and investment sales for a variety of property types and frequently re, uh, invests in real estate personally as well. And so, so John, um, you know, one of the things that um, I think a lot of us see in in real estate is that it's a it's a world of bios, right? So so tell me about like who who is John and give me a little bit of an elevator pitch beyond really you know this 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 quick bio that we just talked about. Sure, sure. Thanks again for having me. Honor to be on. Absolutely. Learned a lot from each other. Kind of kind of keeping each other sharp and see each other a couple times a month and it's been great. But uh, anyway, I have been full time for a little over ten years. Had my license for fourteen. Got it back in college and um, had kind of a unique upbringing in the fact that I was raised in a real estate family. My my dad started the company in '91, and so uh, most kids, you know, wouldn't be at properties on nights and weekends and helping pick up trash in the parking lots and kind of learning the ins and outs. So I feel like I've always been been in real estate, just you know, a decade full time or so. But full time uh, sales, leasing, investing ourselves, uh, we do anything from industrial to office to medical, uh, dabbled in multifamily. So it's been fun. I love it, man. So, so you were blessed enough to be exposed to, to real estate from a young age. And I know for sure that a lot of people who are in those circumstances at times, maybe, you know, maybe they say, well, I don't want to do what, you know, what I was exposed to as a, as a young age. And some people kind of resent those things. I know that I did as a kid in, in different ways and I've seen it in so many different ways as well. But I'm curious as to to yourself. I mean, I know you as somebody who's so, you know, dedicated to results and dedicated to building a life of abundance. So what what was the one were there one or two circumstances in your life that really caused you to say, you know what, I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm gonna commit myself to raising the bar consistently and persistently? You know, I, I think kind of one of the first things that I really got a taste of it was when I kept my first house that I bought when I moved into my second. Just thought maybe I'll try and rent it, uh, throw it on Craigslist, and so I'll just throw it on there for fun for you know maybe four or five hundred dollars more than I think I'll get, and at least in an hour or two. 
a ton of phone calls and was like, okay, maybe there's something to this. And then kind of aggressively went on, went on that path and bought a bunch of single families. And, you know, it's been kind of fun. Just, I just, I enjoy the game of looking for these off market deals as much as, as much as I do selling something traditionally. So I kind of got into it that way. Mm-hmm. But that was a little outside of, kind of what we do, you know, all of our holdings and kind of day to day is commercial, but I, I like doing the houses on the side, kind of back back when I started. So you're you're so dynamic in the space too. It's not like you're just one dimensional where you're you know specializing in necessarily one property type, but you're a wealth of knowledge in so many different property types. So, I mean, has it been, you know, has that been more of a, a process for you where you've had to acquire that knowledge through experience, or or how else have you been able to you know become a master of so many different property types? You know, we're we're kind of a smaller firm. Uh, of a one-stop shop we've got we've got leasing and selling brokerage in-house we've got construction in-house property management and so since there's not a ton of us sales guys everybody's kind of gotten versed in a lot of the different property types instead of just staying in one niche and it's it's been great you know there's obviously a learning curve the first first year or more but um kind of just take the advantage not only learn from experience but really dive in as far as books, podcasts, everything else to try and always, always sharpen. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the cool thing about like our relationship has always been along the lines of like, Hey, what are you learning right now? What are you, you know, what are you implementing in your own life? Because it's not just a, you know, Hey, let's just go learn something so we can implement, you know, something for our business, but it also impacts our life. So what, what has been something that you've done recently that you've, you know, you've raised the bar recently either in your business or um, you know in in your investing life that has really raised the bar for you recently you know I think I can kind of trace it to a a couple years ago I got into podcast pretty heavily and just personal development and just how how can I better myself each day how can I be a better husband a better dad a better co-worker and you know better friend and it's just it is so true that the more you give just things kind of tend to tend to exponentially go go your way and um don't don't do something looking for a certain outcome but just kind of give as much as you can teach as much as you can and uh that's that's been a big that's been a big thing i found that i just i just really enjoy you know it's not about the size of the deal i mean for example i've i've just some people that i met at the gym one guy i've sold him six spots now and he called me one day and said i've changed his changed his family's future because he can they kind of grew up without much money and he's going to teach his kids about real estate now and maybe use those to help pay for college. And it's just, it's just, that's, that is why, why we do what we do. We're helping clients, we're being connectors, bringing pieces together and kind of creatively solving problems. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too, that like, I, I didn't realize, you know, getting into the business, not, not only you can create abundance for yourself and for your own family and maybe people that are close to you, but others as well. I mean, that's, that's one of the most beautiful things is that, you know, that I've found myself is that real estate is a vehicle, you know, it's a vehicle for creating whatever you want in your life. But ultimately the thing that you and I have most connected on is, is to get to that and to be effective there, you've really got to develop yourself, you know? So, um, you know, what are, what are you doing on a habitual basis that really, you know, sets yourself apart, you know, cause obviously the thing is, I, I know for sure once I, I read a book years ago called the power of habit and I, it caused me to realize, you know, wow, there's so many habits that we consistently are operating under, whether we are aware of them or not. But, 
you know, one thing I realized is that habits, if you can create your habits, healthy habits, you can really, you can do so much more. And it's amazing what your, your subconscious mind can accomplish if you just give it the keys towards doing that. So, so tell me about some of the habits that you've implemented in your own life recently that have been hugely successful for you. Sure. Yeah, I think habits are very important. I think uh, reverse engineering is the biggest secret. It's not even a secret, but it's out there. Anybody can do it. You can start with start with your income and say, if I want to make X a year, divide it down. How many hours in a day, in a week, in a year? And you can make a little spreadsheet and check it off each each hour. Have I made a call or have I tried to help a client solve a problem that kind of gets you to that goal? Um, I get up at five o'clock every morning. You know, prayer, gratitude lists. Uh, it's hard to have a bad day if you start by thinking of all the things that you're thankful for, even if it's just a warm bed and you know roof over your head. So then, uh, early early gym day every day. I think you need to get your body moving, uh, hydrate, definitely drink water all day. I think that's important to keep your mind sharp. I think you need to work while you're at work. That's the biggest thing. As people get on their phones, watch YouTube videos, there's just endless endless distractions. And I think if you can be very diligent with your hours at work then you can make time for everything else that matters like I don't I don't ever want to want to miss miss a dinner with my my two-year-old and we've got another one on the way and I just think it's going to mean a lot to her thinking back one day that dad was always there and just make you make time for the things that the things that matter to you so that's one thing that you've told me recently that really stuck out is the work while you're at work because I think that's one thing that a lot of people you know, we, we, in this world, we, we can be reached anywhere, right? You can, you can text me, you can call me, you can email me, no matter where I am or any time of the day. And so we have this, I know that I do at times have this, you know, sense that, well, you know what, if I'm constantly available, then I might as well constantly be in work mode. But I think that drowns your, your effectiveness in a lot of different ways, right? You know, whether you're, you're solving something on behalf of a client or you're, you're prospecting or what have you, but so tell me a little bit more about what you mean exactly, uh, you know, working while you're at work. I mean, how are you maximizing your output on a daily basis? You need to plan tomorrow, today. So prior to going to sleep or prior to leaving the office, map out what are your, you know, five to ten key things you need to get done tomorrow to make tomorrow a success. And if you can engineer tomorrow, it ends up engineering your week, which ends up engineering your year. And, you know, Success is accumulation of a lot of little things put together over over a long period of time, and so I just what are my top things I need to do? What's what's the order? And then it's really good to kind of help you play defense with your time because then you're then you're on offense all day. You're not just constantly trying to answer emails as they come in immediately, and you know respond to phone calls and putting out fires. And I think another big thing with success is learning how to delegate. You need to really look at what what your time is worth and you know is there a more effective way to pay somebody to do some of the things that are the lower dollar per hour tasks and then you're working on your main your main thing yeah and i i was talking to my friend uh evan holiday about this recently it's like I, I heard this you know you can either do something you can delegate it like you said or you could delay it like you can schedule it put it on your calendar or you can dump it there's some things that you don't need to be doing right so I think that's the other thing too that's the key is prioritization and it sounds like what you you prioritize is you know you mentioned gratitude and you mentioned you know keeping your body uh, in in good shape and through working out and through drinking water and through nutrition so you know 
how how do you utilize you know because I know one thing for sure that happens to me when you mention gratitude um, how do you protect your mind because there's so many things that that I know that can occur in our business whether it's commercial real estate real estate investing in general I mean it is it is a roller coaster of a business I mean there's times where it's like man are we in the right business I don't know so how do you protect your mind um, you know through utilizing gratitude or otherwise you know I think it's very important and you need to nip negative thoughts in the bud as soon as they happen because they can they can take over an hour they can take over a day and you know even even more than that, it's kind of easy to dwell on the past. But I mean, look look forward. What are your goals? What are your what are you wanting? Is it is it helping you further your goals by dwelling on a negative deal or a negative client? And it's not. I think sometimes the smartest thing you can do is fire a client if they're bringing you a ton of stress and they're not you know adding to your overall goals. Sometimes the best thing is just to say you know it's been a joy working together, but I think we're we're possibly going down different paths. That's huge. I know that a lot of people sometimes may have, um, I guess, some apprehension with, uh, you know, saying no to business, right? Or an opportunity, even if it is causing them undue stress or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and so I'm curious as to with that, it sounds like you're not the type of person who has, you know, really much problem with saying no or, or protecting your own time and your own mental health, so to, so to speak. So what are you, what are you getting better at saying no to, or what's an example of something that you've recently decided that you needed to remove from your life or your business? You know, I used to, I think, I think really choose what you want to work on and what is, what, what do you want to be seen as and what will make you proud and what will make your clients proud for you to work on with them. And I just think not saying yes to every lunch and coffee appointment and somebody saying, can I come pick your brain? You know, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of resources out there that I think you might be better to recommend to someone that is just constantly kind of a time vampire to kind of point them and say, hey, you know, maybe read this book, read, listen to a couple of these podcasts. Happy to teach you everything I know, but these are some of the basics. And I think that gets a lot of those kind of same same questions out of the way. If, and then most of the time they don't listen to them and you never hear from them again because people like to talk a lot, but not a lot of people follow through. That is one of the big, that is one of the hardest things I know for sure. I mean, I'm sure you experience this tremendously with how much success you've been able to experience, but people always constantly saying, Hey, can I pick your brain or you have time for lunch? And, and, and it's tough because, you know, I know for sure I, I'm a people pleaser. I'm like, I have a hard time saying no to those kind of requests, but it is a good reminder that if you're not, if you don't protect your own time, if you don't protect your own energy, you know, no one else is going to do that for you. So I think it's a great reminder that you've got to have some respect. You've got to show respect to yourself and you've got to really show respect to this other person because, all right, if they show me that they have some commitment, then perhaps there's, there's something that you can give to them. Right. So I love that. So, I mean, it, that takes a lot of courage as well. And, and, and tell me what's, um, you know, beyond that, I mean, what have you been doing you know, not only to say to say no, but is there something that you've been doing recently that that is really kind of helping you raise the bar in your own business or your own life? You know, I I have uh, I've definitely continued with the reading and personal development. Uh, something I've really enjoyed that I started a couple of years ago, kind of from a family perspective, is this thing called Man Challenge at Southeast Christian Church. It's six a.m. Thursday mornings, and you know, three or four hundred guys go out there and they have somebody speak half the time and then you have table time with your group and it's just a great group of 
guys because they kind of say, you know, get the man, get the family, and just kind of keeps you accountable for all sorts of different stuff. It's just it's just fun to always be around people that are trying to better you and better themselves, and um, it's just a very very productive and very very fun thing that that, that I've enjoyed. Well, that's another thing that you've got to be cognizant of is who are you spending your time with, right? Not only who are you spending your time with, but, you know, who are you becoming as a result of that? Because many of us know that you're the result, you know, you are the average of the five people you spend your most time with, whether it's, you know, digitally, you know, you're listening to podcasts or you're spending time with other people. Maybe you're, you know, you're at an activity that's also kind of uplifting. And I I love that you mentioned, um, you know, Man Challenge, which is, is, sort of a group that's, you know, it's a, it's a religious based organization, you know, but it's, it is a spirituality type of a endeavor. You know, you've got to connect with your spirituality, whether you share the religion that, you know, John and I do, or, or you don't, there's got to be something there where you're, you're connecting to a higher power. And and I think that's so, so important. And that's the other thing too, is that like, the thing that I've realized that I feel like is that business is so much more than just the nuts and the bolts, which is like, why we're really talking about a lot of this stuff. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that that's the case. And, you know, I think the other thing too, is that you've got to, you've got to identify what it is that you can implement in your own life, you know, and what, what it is that, you know, not only your time, how you're investing your time, but also how you're investing your resources. And obviously, you know, we're a huge proponent of investing our resources into real estate because of obviously cash flow, depreciation, interest, and leverage and so on and so forth and and really just wealth creation um, but giving yourself the ability of giving back in different ways due to that wealth creation and due to the abundance that that creates but I'm curious to know you know what's what's one of the most worthwhile investments that you've made in yourself or outside of real estate recently outside of real estate gosh sorry I'm trying to think that's all right investment it doesn't have to be time it doesn't have to be money it could be time it could be effort it could be you know you name it gosh I think uh, probably just just making time to give back I think that's been really fun um, we've been working down at down in, down in Portland at in some of the houses and there's a there's there's a mission down there and you can go there's a hundred different ways you can help, but just if you if you don't get out of your lane every now and then and you know go serve others, it's just it's just really easy to get caught up in the. I mean, in our job, you can work as much as you want to work. You could work 24 hours a day if you wanted to, and never turn it off. But I just uh, there's not really balance. That's that's not a real thing. <laughs> there's yeah. there always there's always gonna be one aspect of your life that's you need to chase balance in. But I just think it is really important to kind of slow down every now and then and unplug and make time for your family, make time for your friends and not let years flash by, which it, which it seems like they do these days. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like what Tony Robbins says, the secret to living is giving. And I know that is the truth whenever I'm able to, you know, be blessed enough to either give time, treasure or talent towards something else. That's not something that's going to directly benefit me. It just, it allows my problems to melt away. If I ever have like an issue that I'm stressed out about, or say I've got a deal that's kind of, maybe it's falling apart in different ways. It's just like, go out and help somebody else. It's amazing what that does for you. And um, I love that. That's and, fun. Yeah, I mean, the other thing too is that, you know, we've also got to realize that not only contributing 
in our different ways can lead to greater success. But it also is just the right thing to do, first of all. But but second of all, you know, I think we all have to realize that, you know, we learn from succeeding because it creates neural pathways in our brain, you know, towards repeating those habits, right? Mm-hmm. But we also learn from failures. So I'm curious to know, you know, what are what are some failures, whether it's in real estate or otherwise, you know, maybe one or two specific um, failures that you've experienced in your life that have set you up for later success that at first it seemed like, man, this is like the worst thing ever, but then it turned out to be the greatest blessing that you'd ever have realized. You know, kind of a kind of a funny one that, well, it wasn't funny at the time, but you, you really do learn 10 times more from the things that you mess up than the things that go well initially. But I learned uh, from my first rental house, it was, had a sweet family move in and uh, stopped by a couple days after they moved in to drop something off and I noticed that one of them was wearing a sling and they mentioned that they couldn't see the steps they were walking down because they had boxes stacked up in front of their face and had had fractured their arm said it was no big deal easy fix and then you know a week later you get a note from an attorney on your desk that they're trying to sue you for a million dollars and I quickly find out I was underinsured and didn't have an umbrella policy and I just it was a scary kind of grow up quick moment you can't really reach to anybody else. You're, uh, you have to, you have to figure it out. So, immediately, uh, you know, after that, which I think is very important that most people don't talk about, is really overinsure yourself, overinsure your properties, because one bad deal like that can take your family down. Can take, you know, if you don't have things kind of properly protected in LLCs and and otherwise, uh, just something silly like not having enough insurance. Mm-hmm. So that's something I feel like people don't don't talk much. But I mean, that was a quick learning. Thing. And then just really to kind of stay on top of your tenants, whether it's residential, commercial, or otherwise, had another one where the tenant filled out filled an application, everything checked out as far as credit and kind of ticked all the boxes. And then uh, she let her son move in instead of her moving in, and they were running a drug business out of the house and did $20,000 of damage in two months. So it's, it's just you just learn, <laughs> learn from every deal. Most, most of them are great, though. I mean, 99% are perfect tenants pay all the time or pay on time each month and you don't hear from them and you take care of them and they take care of you but you tend to kind of look back and laugh at maybe that one or two percent that that ruffled the feathers well i mean what a blessing for elevate nation to be able to listen to john and learn from a couple mistakes that he has been able to learn 10 times more from than any success that he's been able to 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 achieve and i love the thought of over insuring yourself i mean this is something that i've been working on recently is is expanding my own insur- insurance capacity and and adding those umbrellas i think if you if you are investing in real estate you've got to be looking at you know what are your potential liabilities right and you've got to you've got to look at asset protection as well you've got to build a team that is able to advise you on these things don't try to be the expert in every part of your business that's for sure i know that's one thing that i had a big failure on as i kind of came up in the business is i tried to do everything you know, I decided that I would be the property manager. I would, you know, I would be the uh, the accountant and the bookkeeper all in one, and also the leasing agent. And and I mean, very quickly, I found out that you know that was not going to be something that would work, obviously. But but beyond that, I mean, there are definitely downfalls in real estate that you have to be aware of. I mean, it's not all roses, rainbows, and butterflies. That is for sure. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that and. You know, the other thing too is like you've got to, you have got to look at 
you know, what, what's the best case scenario, but also what is the worst case scenario and plan accordingly. Expect the unexpected is so key. So, um, so tell me, you know, obviously like you are acting as a role model right now in that regard, right? You are, I mean, people are able to learn from you just right now and who you are and, and I'm sure you have role models. So I'm curious to know, you know, who, who they might be and why. Definitely. I definitely have a few role models and I think it's important to always be looking up to somebody who is ahead of you because nothing's worse than being, being stagnant. I think happiness really is the pursuit of your potential and kind of seeing what you're, what you're capable of and definitely stepping outside your, your, your comfort zone. But my, my dad is honestly one of my biggest role models. He, he was never chasing the quick money. They, their model was not to flip. It was to buy you know, properties that needed some love, needed needed some money put into them, and he's always said, you know, we're not going to have have the newest, but we might ha- we should strive to have the cleanest. And you know, people traditionally spend more time at their office than they do with their families and at their house. So make it somewhere that they're proud proud to come to work every day. So we've got you know lower turnover and better tenant retention, and you take care of them. And some some of the, some of the best deals have come from somebody that started in a single office and they keep growing and growing and. You're able to represent them to buy their first spot one day, and it's just uh, very fun to kind of see the whole process start to finish. But he's been he's been great on that. And I'd say another real estate role model is definitely Grant Cardone. Uh, probably a more watered down version, but just if you can take even a fraction of what he talks about and how he does some of his deals, I just think it is it is fascinating. He's he's you know big on leverage, and I'm I'm all for leverage if you do it smart. I think you get into We've had a great economy the last, you know, eight, nine years, and people kind of forget that it wasn't that long ago that we had a big dip. So leverage smart, take care of your tenants, take care of your properties, do the do the yearly maintenance. People just kind of tend to tend to spend the cash flow, and I think it's really important to make sure you're doing at least one big project at each property per year to show the tenants you care and kind of keep up with things that will fail. I mean, roofs fail, parking lots need to be paved, and a lot of people wait and they get in a pinch and they don't have the funds set aside for that. So just think you definitely need to be putting some aside each month. That's really, really good. And I, I mean, what I'm hearing from you is a few things like on your dad, he's, he's looking at, this is the long game. Mm-hmm. This is not a get rich quick scheme. This is not something where, I mean, certainly, you know, in great markets, you can, you can bring in some, some nice income at times for a short term, but everybody's it, a genius in the, in the strong markets. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so the other thing too, is that like, I love the fact that you're talking about how it, he, your dad has been your role model in ways because of his detail oriented sort of approach to owning real estate, because you know, you've got to, like you said, it doesn't have to be the newest, or maybe that was the approach. It's not the newest asset, but it's the cleanest. And it's, you know, we're keeping the the lawn maintained, we're picking up trash, we're, you know, we're, I love the yearly maintenance thought of, hey, let's do one big project a year to show our tenants that we care. Because at the end of the day, if your tenants don't feel like you care, they're not going to stick around. I mean, that's, that is plain and simple. Um, 100%. And then also, I love the thought of talking about Grant Cardone because he helps a lot of people think big. And you've got to think big. You've got to take the lid off of what you believe is possible because that is, I mean, that's what's going to make bigger things possible, truly. And it, it, it all starts in your mind. But also, the other thing, too, about, you know, that you mentioned about Grant Cardone is, is leverage. And I think it's so important to realize that 
you know, debt does make the rich richer, as Robert Kiyosaki says, but it also can be a double-edged sword. If you're not careful and if you're not diligent about your debt, if you're not paying attention to where that is at all times, you know, you could get yourself in a lot of trouble. So I think that's something that Elevate Nation needs to make sure that they're continuing to, uh, you know, course correct on on their debt. You know, do we have long-term fixed rates? Or, you know, we're in a very low interest environment right now, but it's not always going to be that way. At least we don't believe it will be. Um, everything goes in cycles. So a lot of wisdom there behind that. So I appreciate you sharing that. Well, I think one of the, one of the, something that's not, not talked about, but there's a great tool that most people just don't know. We kind of take it and take it for granted because this is what we do every day. But in addition to the benefits of real estate, you already mentioned as far as depreciation, tax write-offs, you know, paying down your debt while also, um, you know, holding on to that appreciation is that if you, if you have a property that's been paid down and you're kind of getting lower on the mortgage or it's gone up, then you can pull money back out of that to reinvest into other properties. And when you do a cash out refi, obviously talk to your CPA, but that's a, that's a non-taxable event. So that's money that you can pull out, leverage elsewhere to keep on, keep on growing for you. Yeah. And I mean, tax is the biggest expense that you're going to have in real estate by far. I know that that is, that, that is, the truth, but the, the the beautiful thing about real estate is that it also offers so many taxable benefits. And you know, one of the things that we're looking at on on some properties right now is is cost segregation and you know accelerating the depreciation of your asset based on you know an engineer study. And I know that that's something that you guys do as well. And it's it's such an amazing um, mechanism that the IRS allows you to employ as a real estate investor because you know. It's incentivizing positive movement in the economy is essentially what it is. You become a partner with the IRS and that's at the end of the day, you've got to utilize the tax code for what it is. And it's so important. But then also beyond that, as you mentioned, I mean, taking a cash out refinance in a healthy way is so smart. I mean, you can you literally if you can just look at it and say, all right, well, what's a what's a safe loan to value? that I'm comfortable with in the future in a worst case scenario environment, and I'm still comfortable with that and doing that now, go, go for it. I mean, there's so many opportunities to capture. And so I love how you brought that up. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, um, maybe one goal, maybe one big inspiring goal for Elevate Nation to kind of bring the lid off of their own minds. Um, what's something that you're working towards right now that's making you feel very uncomfortable? You know, something that's fun that has definitely been a stretch is a couple of years ago came up with a 10-year goal to add 80,000 feet at, at minimum to the portfolio each year for the next 10 years um, the most important thing is do it smart find thing, find deals that make sense don't buy just to buy there's a ton of people that do that but and so most of the properties that are on the market you know they're 10 or 20 people have probably already said no to that before it ever comes on because the broker shopped it with kind of their pocket pocket listings and people who know or people that they know that they might be a fit so I was told that you know at any given time only about 10% of the market is for sale or lease and so call on those 90% that aren't I mean find find your niche find your area that you really like that you feel comfortable with and knock on the doors look them up on online figure out who the owners are and you know put yourself out there and we found a ton of great deals that way it's just kind of going above and beyond where most people kind of sit at their desk and wait for the phone to ring and we like to go out there and go out there and stir up deals. Yeah, you're committed to that. And I, I also I, I noted that, you know, you set this 10 year goal of acquiring a certain amount of real estate annually. 
And I love the thought of don't just buy something to buy it. Because I know I, I actually got into that myself when I was like, hey, I, I was selling investment real estate. And I'm like, man, I've got to get in this game because it is, it, I mean, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm like, it makes perfect sense. And I got into the game and I didn't make the best decisions as I got started. And so I, I think I got into the game for the fact of being in the game. So I think that's a really important comment of, yes, set your goals. But don't just do a deal to do a deal or just to you know accomplish your on paper goals. You've got to make sure that the deal makes sense. You've got to set your metrics. You've got to be you know you've got to protect those metrics as well. So um, I really appreciate that. And so tell me about you know one one goal that you've been proud to have accomplished in the past twelve months and 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 what what obstacles did you have to overcome to get there? Sure, uh, kind of a fun one in the last twelve months or so. Started small, bought a bought an eight-unit multifamily, uh, you know, fixed it up, got the rents up, got it looking the way the way it should and kind of fixed everything that it needed and sold that and rolled it into a 24-unit multifamily, did the same thing, uh, took about eight months, got everything painted, roof, all the cosmetics that had been overlooked and got the leases up and then rolled that into a much larger triple net property. So it's just kind of fun and we did, we did a 1031 exchange on that one. Which I'm sure a lot of your a lot of your listeners know about, but um, there's just so many different avenues. It's just it's fun. It's it really is. I I love my job, so I never feel like I'm going to work every day. And I just uh, I think a lot people a lot of people would be a lot happier if they worked in their passion and you know really kind of treated everybody just the way that they that they'd want to be want to be treated. That's really cool. And that's another nugget there that you've got to be able to identify the tax code. Again, we talk about the tax code a lot, but utilizing 1031 exchange to your to your benefit is huge. And it, it, it pays to say as well, don't just do a 1031 exchange just to do the 1031 exchange. Because I do see a lot where people will be coming out of an exchange and they've got to place those funds or, you know, or else they've got that capital gain. And I think it's so important to remember that you know what, you've got to remain true to your metrics. And the fact that you've been able to accomplish that through, you know, two, you know, exchanges in a row is amazing. And you got to your end, end goal. That's where you wanted to go. So focus on your outcomes, right? You know, you've got a few steps to get there. You've got to break it down. But once you focus on your outcomes, it's it's only, it's inevitable, right? So I think I think using, using the correct professionals is very important. Have a great CPA, have a great realtor. There's a lot of people with an aversion to paying paying commissions, but most of the time, you know, a realtor's going to have that, have that expertise, that track record, that buyer's list, that, you know, just that extra edge that you won't be able to do if you just go to Home Depot and put a sign in front of your property. So we've picked up a lot of listings that have been for sale by owner that we've ended up selling or leasing for a lot more than they were even asking just because we know market-wise that's worth more than they're asking. Mm -hmm. So just use, use the tools out there. Don't be afraid to spend some money to really save or make more money by just using the people that they're the pros. Yeah, you've got to be willing to invest. I mean, I had somebody tell me recently that they saw somebody that they felt like maybe shouldn't be in the business because they didn't want to pay a commission on a certain deal. And, you know, you do have to invest to get where you want to go, whether it's a commission or whether it's a fee to your attorney for reviewing the purchase and sale agreement or constructing a purchase and sale agreement or even a lease agreement or, you know, helping you through due diligence. I mean, yes, there is a cost to all of this, but can you imagine the cost of, 
of making some of the mistakes that you may not identify. I mean, you've got to identify where you are the expert and where you're not. And, you know, that is something that many people, if you're elevating your life, that's something that you have to learn along the way. And you've got to find mentors. You've got to find other people who have been there to be able to identify that because it's sad, but, you know, a lot of this stuff is not taught in school. And all of this is not taught in school. Not in fact. Yeah. So that that's maybe a conversation for another day, but um, <laughs> that's one thing that... You know, that's why this that's why I call this a master class, because this is for people who are looking to achieve masterful results and they're achieving uncommon results and, and continue to elevate their life. So so tell me, you know, what what's the driving force behind what you do? What, what? I, I just love I, I love being the connector. I love I love being a problem solver. There's there's hundreds of deals that would have that would have fallen through if it wasn't for someone like me or someone someone on the other side where we can just let's all sit down. Let's. Let's kind of get the get the attorneys out of it, who sometimes disrupt deals over you know silly silly verbiage, and let's just be let's just be people. Let's sit down, figure out what what do you want, what do we want, and how can we leave without without everybody you know being upset. And so I think a big part of kind of that same future looking perspective too is I mean treat every client as a lifetime client. Don't don't chase the fees. Life is so much bigger than this one deal. And if you try and host somebody, they're not going to call you in three or five years when their lease is up or when it's time to sell. But you want to give them so much value and overserve them so much that there's no choice but to call you when it's time. Exactly. I read a book called um, Customer Satisfaction is you know Worthless, Customer Loyalty is Priceless. And the thought around that is amazing because there's so many other resources or options that consumers or investors or you know, professionals have the opportunity of engaging with, right? So as a real estate broker, it is such a great thought that, look, this is a lifetime relationship. This is not a transactional business. It's a relationship business. And if you truly give more than you receive, that will come back to you tenfold. So I love that thought. And, um, and I love the thought of you just being a problem solver, because I think to be successful in real estate, it is all about solving problems because look, there are a lot of issues that continue to arise, whatever type of deal you're in. So you've always got to be expecting the unexpected, I would say. Um, so tell me about who, if you had to identify who it is that you work hard for or, or you know, elevate your results for, who would that be and why? You know, I'd say first of all, definitely my, my wife and family. I, I, think, I think nothing's better your kids to see not just what you say but what you do it speaks way louder than than empty words so I think always be working hard for your family work hard for my friends and co-workers work hard for my clients uh, I just kind of want to be the best the best I can at all those aspects and you know I think you hear a rising tide lifts all boats and I think the more you can help other people the more the more your reach goes even even further than you can imagine not what you say, but what you do. That is so true. And actions definitely speak louder than words. And, um, you know, from here, what we're going to do is we're going to move into what I call the rare air questionnaire. And this is like our rapid fire round. It's all about like, if you're climbing Mount Everest, as an example, like the higher you get, there's less oxygen in the air. There's less, you know, there's not very many people that are there. It is hard. Your legs are tired. Your arms are tired. You're thirsty. You're, you can't breathe. I mean, this is where the best of the best are, you know, metaphorically. And so what I want to know from you is, 
you know, you talked about earlier about just personal development and reading and books. And so I'm curious to know what are the most impactful, what is the most impactful book you've ever read and why? I'm going to jump on the bandwagon and say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. There's no actual specifics of how to, but it's a great just kind of the overall concept and changing people's thinkings. Uh, I think everybody should should have to read that, you know, before they graduate high school. That one changed my life for sure. When I read that book, I was like, oh, my God, it makes sense. I mean, this is exactly it. I didn't know that I didn't just have to trade my time for money. You know, I, I didn't realize that, you know, and, and this is what this is what rich, you know, wealthy people know. And, and it's key to be able to realize that. And so I, I totally agree with you. Reading that book is a game changer. And so um, so tell me about what's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis. I know we talked about some of your habits, but. Outside of that, I mean, you know, you also talked about being consistent on your power list and what are the, the top things that you need to accomplish. But tell me about what's the biggest way you elevate your life on a daily basis? I'd say just to water it down, I would say consistency. Water beats rock every time. It's just, it just takes longer. So, you know, rivers carve through mountains and I think just doing those small things each day that just kind of seem insignificant, but they add up to a lot over time. It's like the compound effect, right? You know, if you yeah. do it once or twice, it may not, you may not see that result, but you know, over 30 days, you know, if you, I don't know if you've ever read the book, the compound effect, but that's one thing sure. he talks about, you know, over 30 days, what a penny looks like after, you know, doubling in, uh, in value, it's, it's insane. <clears throat> and so that, that concept around the, the thought of consistency is huge. So tell me the other thing, um, how do you elevate others around you? So I think it's so important to make sure that not only are we, you know, creating greatness within ourselves and within our, within our own family and within our own life, but how are you allowing others around you to also kind of catch that, that drift as well? I think, I think we live in such a busy world that, you know, everybody's going 100 miles an hour and there's endless things to get your attention, but just really slowing down and having conversations and ask somebody how they're doing and actually mean it. Listen for not just the surface answer, but there's so many people that, you know, if you just stop, take time to talk to people at the supermarket, talk to your, talk to your server at the restaurant, talk to the mailman and get to know all them by name. And it just, it, it means so much if you slow down and take an interest in people. Yeah. I had a, a few years ago, I had this, I was actually doing a deal and I realized I was doing, I was doing a deal with two people that I had known for, for a, a while. And I had done multiple deals with them and, and a lot of business. And I came to realize as they were conversing with each other, that they were asking each other questions that I had never asked. I had never slowed down to really take the time to, to get to know, you know, either of them. And it was a really kind of a time for me to really take a step back and question, you know, am I really, you know, what's the most important here? It is the people, it is the relationships. And, and, you know, I found out some things about both of those guys that I had no idea that were pretty profound. And so I think that's a great reminder for us all to really just take time and, and focus on other people and, and actually care about it. So I love sure. that you brought that up. So, so John, you've been phenomenal. And um, I definitely wanted to, um, you know, to, to make sure that Elevate Nation knows where that they can continue to connect with you if that is, um, you know, something that we can make happen. Sure, sure. Um, my, my email address is john at hoaglandcommercial.com reach out for any reason, be happy to talk to you about your property or potential property needs, or also just if you had some simple questions and, you know, happy to, happy to give my time.
Absolutely. And John is an absolute uh, wealth of knowledge. He's a great resource. He's obviously a person who cares about other people. So definitely take him up on that offer um, because I know for sure I admire him very, very much. And one thing I want to tell Elevate Nation is to make sure that not only what you're listening to today, you know, you're, you're just absorbing it and you're consuming it, but I want you to embody that. I mean, you've got to take notes. Like I said, this is a masterclass and you've got to take repetition on this information. Listen to it again if you need to. But the most important thing is take massive action because it's not about what you know. Knowledge is not power, but action is power. Production is power. So take action on the knowledge that you gained today. And John, I want to thank you so much for being here. It's Thanks been a for pleasure. Having me. Absolutely. Great. All right, my man. Till next time. Thank you so Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit tylerchesser.com.